Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. I'm here with my partner in quarantine, Zach Bird. How's it going, Zach? Horrible. Excellent. All right. <laughs> it's going fine. I'm enjoying the quarantine. I, I don't like leaving the house anyway or doing things. Yeah, me neither. Or get, getting toilet paper, you know. We hate that. Right. <laughs> Who needs paper. to wipe? Well, you know. Some people, I guess. I don't know them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've been spending our quarantine time doing a very important project called Shade Palace, which is a reality TV podcast. Um, in case you guys have not already uh, checked it out, because I know some of you don't follow me on social media, whatever. Um, but sh- look for Shade Palace on iTunes or whatever you listen to podcasts on. Um, we're covering reality TV season one. We're covering Rock of Love season one. And it's uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Um we're doing the Lord's work. We we really are by watching these episodes multiple times. We just noticed that there were no one else was covering this. Yeah. So we had to. Yeah, there was a hole in the market. The public was clamoring for this product and <laughs> we decided to produce it. You know though, if Rock of Love was out during the age of podcasts, oh there would have been a million. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. You know. And it, it's funny because the, the Facebook groups I'm in for 90 Day and all of that, they're always talking about Rock of Love, I think, which is sort of what prompted. Actually, we were doing this on our own. Yeah. And then it seemed to Our just anniversary kinda... weekend uh, in October, we spent watching Rock of Love in a hotel room in Indio, California. <laughs> How romantic, right? Yeah, we understand true love and romance. Um, So... <clears throat> So, yeah, we had this idea back in October, and then um, I'm semi-unemployed because of coronavirus and uh, have a lot more free time to watch Rock of Love and talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, but in addition to that, we watched a movie yesterday. I'm using the term movie loosely. It was a documentary. It was a documentary made in 2003. You would have guessed earlier, huh? Much earlier. Uh, it's very 90s VHS effects. It looks like an episode of the Tim and Eric show. Yes, that's a good call. Um, so why don't you set up the plot? Okay, so I heard about this documentary on last podcast on the left, Side Stories, because Henry Zabrowski had watched it. And it's called The Gift. And it's a 2003 documentary um, made by filmmaker, we'll use that term loosely, <laughs> Luis Hogarth. And it documents the phenomenon of deliberate HIV infection. And so I said, we got to do a podcast about this. Um, it's called Bug Chasing because HIV is the bug. Did yeah. you catch the bug? Yeah. You got the bug. After seeing it... Um I think we both discovered we didn't have to do a podcast. No, we didn't have to watch the movie. I'm I'm joking. I it's guess I'm dis- just saying, like, this is something that I did not know was a thing. Mm-hmm. Did you? other Before no. the last podcast? Yeah. No. And so we watched this hour-long documentary on YouTube, and then I did some reading afterwards about bug chasing, and it's disturbing. Like, it's upsetting to me. Um, cause just the idea of intentionally getting a disease that can kill you. I get if you're just like straight up, like, I don't care. I love the feeling. I hate condoms. And so I'm just going to, 
play Russian roulette. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. I mean, it's not smart. I'm just saying I can get I can get inside that person's head. Yeah. But to actively pursue AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it makes no fucking sense. There just was, blow your brains out if you want to die. Well, there was one guy in the documentary who was the most understandable person who his longtime partner had HIV and was dying and he felt devastated that he didn't have HIV yeah. because it was like he wanted to be more connected to his partner or he wanted to die with his partner and he felt guilty there was survivor's guilt um and so that person I understood a little bit more when he was saying he went to get HIV tested after his partner came back positive and when he found out he didn't have it, he was devastated because yeah. he felt like it was a rift between them. So that kind of makes sense. Right. But everyone else is saying that, like, one guy featured in the documentary, he said he had a lot of anxiety about sex and just wondering when he was going to get it or whatever. And so he almost, like, wanted to get it over with. Yeah, rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah, and be like, okay, now I'm positive. Right. I can, I don't have to worry about it anymore. The worst that could happen has happened. Yeah. Um, and that I kind of was like, okay, I get it. Cause like that was like a stage in my eating disorder recovery where like in my mind, the worst thing that could ever happen is that I would weigh over 120 pounds. And then I started eating food and I weighed over 120 pounds and I didn't die. And then I was like, all right, actually the worst that could happen has happened. And now I don't have this fear anymore. Right. So I was like, okay, maybe, sure. Um, but then that guy did, after actively pursuing HIV, get it. And he's sick. And he's like, he regrets it. He's like, what a fucking idiot I am. Yeah. I thought that it would make me like a member of this club. I would feel more connected to the gay community. And yeah, he I think, didn't feel um, more connected. Because it was uh, such a prevalent thing. Um in the gay community back then and we didn't have as much uh, knowledge about it that yeah. maybe I, I i'm just trying to like be like i came from it from a different uh perspective i wasn't getting laid so <laughs> in 2003 yeah not a lot yeah not enough to uh um yeah, I would gladly wear a condom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one time every four years. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so maybe in the gay community, it was just like a different thing. I don't. It was so they say like because this wasn't a phenomenon early on in the AIDS crisis, but it kind of came later on after we got more effective medication. And so one of the reasons they think because the actual like. The rates of this are going up, actually. Um, and the rise is believed to be either the use of internet to find sex partners. Um, and so people can be more specific about whether they're looking for um, someone who's positive or negative. Um, they think uh, HIV is more manageable now. It's not seen as a death sentence. So people just think of that. Or there's a rule-breaking thrill which I will get to that because I did research on people who like, it's like a fetish, like it gets them hot. 
Um, but it, yeah, but it still costs them like twelve grand a year to medicate. You know. Yeah, well, that they don't understand the reality of it, but there are a lot of outreach programs where people with AIDS get free treatment. And so like I read some interviews where people said, yeah, I wanted to get it so I could get free health care. I wanted to get on the dole basically, right, right. which is really weird. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll back it up. Cause there's like a bunch of new yeah. terms I learned in this. So uh, I have some notes here uh, early on in the movie. There's a, a poster uh, that's like warning about, you know, unsafe sex and all of that. And it shows a, a smoking dick. There's a, a gun in the dick. Oh, yeah. There, it, yeah. It's like almost like an x-ray of a dick, but there's a smoking gun inside the dick. Yeah. So um, like, this dick will kill you. That's what I told you on our first date. No, you didn't. <laughs> um, so, but I want to go over the terms, the vocabulary sure. of this community. So gift giving is the process by which an HIV-positive person purposely infects an HIV-negative person with HIV, usually with that person's knowledge and consent. Uh, bug chasers are HIV-negative men who actively seek unprotected sex with HIV-positive partners so that they themselves can become infected. Um, barebacking is a practice in which people purposely engage in unprotected anal sex. <sighs> Okay, stealthing and sneaking is another type of gift giving in which HIV positive, um, an HIV positive man actively tries to infect an HIV negative man without the latter's knowledge or consent. Right. Which is a criminal activity in a lot of states. Yeah. Um, not all of them. Uh, so uh, there's a thing, there's bug parties where people go to get, it's like a group sex orgy and they go to get infected. And now the most disturbing term I learned, generationing, which is a type of gift giving in which one gift giver successfully infects a previously uninfected man with HIV. And then those two men together collaborate in an effort to convert another man and so forth. And I read a testimony of this man who like uh, is educated, has a career, um, whatever. And he says he's on his eighth generation. So him... And his first generation, he infected this dude, and then they together fuck another dude who becomes their third, and then the three of them take turns fucking another person, and so on and so forth, and it seemed as like a generational family thing. Yeah. And they were saying the first guy, he was relocating to another city and every through, for work, and everyone was so worried, oh, this is going to stop our family, our generationing. So they have plans to three times a year all get together in the same city to convert another person so they can continue growing their bloodline, basically, which yeah. is the weirdest thing I've ever it's heard. It's a good thing that um, this wasn't widely known in the public because it would have given people um, an even more negative um, view. view of homosexuals at the time because it wasn't – uh, as celebrated as it is now. And, and back then people were like, oh, HIV is just a gay disease and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I never had that feeling, um, but... It almost seems like... Well, the original uh, word for it before it was called AIDS or HIV was called uh, gay 
immunodeficiency related disease yeah it was called like GERD or something like that because it did show up in the gay community in droves um and the reasons for that is that um number one gay men can't get pregnant so they're less likely to use condoms whatever um there's two male sex drives involved so there's going to be a lot more sex but also anal sex makes you more likely to transmit hiv because the anus isn't built like the vagina to take a beating. It doesn't have like these expandable tissues that are self-lubricating and whatever. So from anal sex, you're more likely to have micro tears. Right. And that's how the HIV gets into the bloodstream is through the micro tears. Right. And so even for women, when you're having, if you are having sex with a positive partner, you're much more likely to catch it through the ass than okay. through the pussy. And so that's one of the reasons why it hits so hard in the gay community. Um, And it almost seems like this bug chasing thing is like a weird trauma related response because AIDS was so traumatic for the gay community. Like because people's friends were dropping like flies. I had my ex-boyfriend's dad was gay and he like all of his friends in the 80s died. And he was a celibate for like 20 years because he was just so scared of sex because it was so, I mean, it was just, imagine all of your fucking friends die. And so I wonder if this is a weird, twisted trauma response, you know, this like horrible, horrible fear that you have that is in your community. And then you just decide to go like, it'd be like you're scared of heights. So you get into cliff jumping right you know what i mean right. it's it's very interesting um but you still wear a parachute <laughs> you still wear a parachute a hundred percent a hundred percent um so uh yeah a 2009 study found that 4.6 percent of men looking for unprotected sex with other men on the internet were into gift giving um and if it's extended to include positive HIV positive men looking to bear back with men of unconfirmed status, it jumps to 23 to 26%. Um, but if you include men who are indifferent towards the transmission of HIV, um, so it, they did a study of HIV positive men seeking bareback sex, 40% of them were indifferent about transmitting it, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Um, so yeah, it's believed to be on the rise, which is crazy. Um, what else do you have in your notes? Uh, so we're introduced to Bill and John who have a bareback dungeon, uh, that holds (laughs) as many as 167 guys. Yeah. I think they live in New York and I was kind of impressed with the size of their place where I'm like, how do you have, how does anyone have room to have a dungeon in New York? Yeah. And, uh, the dude Bill had like this ugly tattoo of a bull but then where the bull would have the you know how they have the rings in their nostrils but that was his nipple piercing there and uh they had he's like this is a corner for um uh person to be like basically plowed he's like so they'd be um laying here and he goes in over here is where people who do fisting so they had like separate corners yeah he had little like props set up and he's like very proud of this like foam kneeler he made where it's like this upholstered foam and he's like yeah see the man kneels here and he's at the perfect height to be penetrated by the other man and Yeah. yeah and he's like and over there that's where the fisting happens and this guy is like 55 
maybe older. He looks like, I mean, he looks like a high school chemistry teacher. Like, right, right. And yeah, he's just like explaining and this is where this happens. And then he said they have like parties there that are either, so there started being like, when HIV happened, there would be parties where everyone was supposed to be positive. And it, preve- it presented an opportunity for positive men to have unprotected sex without being afraid basically like if you go to this sex party and everyone there's positive you know that you're safe which it actually turns out is not true because there are many different strains of hiv yeah and you it, it it was interesting i read a whole article about the different strains and how you know where some are common and which ones make you sicker and blah 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 but you can actually catch two strains of HIV. So you can already be infected. You can go to one of these bug parties, have sex with other men who are also infected, but you can catch a new strain and then it's what they call uh, a super infection. And it happens in 4% of those with HIV. Um, And it can cause an increased viral load or symptoms. And like, so people could say like, they could be fine. I'm on H- I have HIV. I'm on medication. It's managing it well, whatever. And they catch another strain and all of a sudden they get super sick because that new strain doesn't respond to the meds that they're already on. And right. it's just it presents like clinical complications, um, which I was pretty sure was true before I researched for this episode, because I remember um, there was a plot line on uh, ER where right. one of the doctors had AIDS and she hooked up with this other guy with AIDS and they had a moment where they were like, we, we should get a condom just to make sure we might not have the same strain. And this right. was like, when was ER on? Well, 20 years ago? Yeah. So I was pretty sure that was a thing, but it turns out that's a thing. Um, so he said like people who were negative started coming to the bug parties because they wanted to get infected to feel like included? Yeah. Is that what he said? Something along those lines. But they, yeah, people wanted to come to these, yeah, uh, these bug chasing parties whatever they called them um and he was like yeah like we don't we allow you to use condoms but we can have a party with 160 people and the next day when we clean up there'll be four condoms yeah so um and then so they would screen people if they wanted to wear condoms they they wouldn't (gasps) let them in that's right that was these other guys these other guys in la who had a sex party la sex house it's called and that was i believe ken boy ken boy yeah Yeah. and he said quote we kept the condom people away yeah he said so basically they started a sex party house um lasexhouse.com and people would have to email to get party invites and we'd screen them by asking if they were if they want wore condoms or they wanted to wear condoms and if they said yes they would get their invite 12 hours late so basically after the party had already happened yeah well i don't get it cuz i said that i didn't want to wear condoms and they still wouldn't let me in maybe you're just not pretty enough <laughs> yeah i shouldn't have attached the dick pic yeah. i think that's what they were like get that fucked it up out of for here. me uh my favorite guy or my favorite scene mm-hmm. and probably my favorite guy in the movie was the little Bart Simpson of the gays uh, who had his backwards cap and uh, was shooting pool. And he goes, he goes, I hate condoms, man. And then he like takes his shot. Of, he like shoots the cue ball like he's so cool, you know, but then it like splits off into four different uh, uh, 
screens, right? Yes. Yeah. It's hard to describe how much like an episode of Tim and Eric this is, but there's a lot of like the screen splitting apart and different yeah. frames it's bouncing almost, around. It's like a sketch too. I hate condoms, man. Corner pocket. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like it's like Mr. Show. Yeah, exactly. Um so that guy was great. Just uh it, I don't know. Yeah, so he he was funny. Um, and then the biohazard symbol. Oh yeah. So there's a thing where when people would get HIV, they'd get like a biohazard symbol tattoo or there's like biohazard symbol shirts. And the one guy said, yeah, typically you get the biohazard symbol tattooed like right above your dick, which actually makes sense. Yeah. It lets people know. That you love the band Biohazard. That you love the band Biohazard. Um, And then he said sometimes it would be like a tattoo on the bicep that would say negative. um, And then when you got it, you would get that line through negative. um, Or people would just have a tattoo that said positive, which I kind of like because it takes the awkward convert, like the awkward part out of the conversation. Like you don't have to ask someone's status. If they have a biohazard symbol above their dick, then you know. Girl. Get out. Well, you just, yeah. yeah. And it was interesting because the people said, like, they're like, yeah, we just don't talk about condoms. We don't talk about status. It's seen as a buzzkill. So, like. Um, There was the other dude who was talking about going, I don't know if it was at the dungeon house or whatever, but he was saying that there was padded walls. And he was like, okay, this is a little uh, Jeffrey Dahmer going on. He's like, they ended up being really nice and it was fine. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't. Uh, but yeah, it's it's in, it's just interesting to hear these people talk about it. And it's interspersed with scenes of these older men who are living with HIV. It's kind of like a support group setting. I think they work at an advocacy center. And they're talking about, like, how to stop this bug chasing thing because they're like, we're older. We've seen all our friends die. It's weird that this is glamorized, like, or it's seen as, like, just, like, your next, like, merit badge of being a homosexual. Yeah. Like, um, and so they're talking about, like, ways to change the PR about it. And he's like, honestly, we see all these, like, things of, like, these buff hot guys and they're like, he's positive. He's like, where's the guy who's 40 and who's been vigilant about safe sex and isn't positive? Like, we should be kind of holding these people up. But, like, some of the guys said, they go, yeah, it's almost like if you're negative, you are scared to talk about it because it could be seen as, like, like, basically, if you talk about how you're negative, it could shame your friends. Like, how my one friend got mad at me for being thin because she's fat. Right. And it's like, come at me after the quarantine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see who's fat then. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it almost was like they were like, yeah, you sh- you aren't supposed to talk bad about the disease or express fear of the disease well, because it's seen as rude to a degree, you know. But to the point where you don't want to ask someone their status because right. if they're positive, and you say no to sex, then you're a bad person. Yeah. Which just, it, it, it sucks. I understand that thing where you want to be, like, understanding and supportive of the people who have the disease. But now it's gone to the point where people are scared to say they don't want it. Or to, or to use, or insist on condoms. Yeah. You're like, what? You're scared you'll be like me? 
Yeah. You need a condom because you're because being like me is the worst thing that could happen. Right. And you're like, well, yeah, it kind of is because I don't want to be sick. Die. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you remember the four guys? This was towards the end, where or a uh, few guys, I'm not sure, but they're talking about uh, if they're positive or negative, and and the one guy's like, yeah, I'm negative, but he was older, and they didn't believe him. Yeah. They're like, no, it's surely you're positive. <laughs> right yeah well, he's I, like no i'm negative <laughs> they really didn't believe him i think that guy was lying R- really yeah he seemed like a liar that lies to people to give it to them he seemed like a stealther <laughs> really i believed him oh maybe um, maybe they just assume any sexually active older man does have it i don't know like, i guess it depends on how sexually active you are and how careful you are but um this man that's just it's just crazy that it was a thing yeah yeah and then the one guy says he's like yeah like i wanted to get it to feel connected to the community and then finally like i was with this guy and he asked me you know if i was positive i said no i'm negative and he said well do you want me to charge you up <laughs> yeah we've thrown that around countless times just since we watched it yesterday. Um, yeah, I, and I don't mean to make fun of this. It's just this documentary. The verbiage was funny. Yeah, and it's so dark. It's, it's so fucking so dark. dark. It really yeah. creeped me out. So I'd be like going to, like, the, the dogs are hungry, and I was like, hey, guys, you want me to charge you up? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just. Yeah, it's, and it's, and the, at that, it was at that point where I was like, it almost sounds like, like people who want to get someone pregnant or people who want to get knocked up like because there's like a territorial thing with that i used to remember i used to work with at this one restaurant and anytime any of the women got pregnant one of the cooks would jokingly be like that's my baby (laughs) my baby like i put that baby in her like in a weird territorial way yeah um and uh that's kind of how this was where it was like yeah i wanted to have like his virus inside of me or i wanted to put my virus Jesus. and i found a quote from this one study where they uh it was like a study of almost 400 men um taken about this and one man says i find it incredibly sensual to think of having my dna inside of another man who can then pass it on to other men for me the more they want my pause charged come, the more I want to give it to them, the more I need to give it to them. Yuck. I know. Well, yeah, and it is like the whole generationing thing that that one guy was talking about. It, it is like that. It's like carry on my bloodline. But right. because like gay sex doesn't result in children, this is his way of populating, spreading his seed. So that others will die. Yeah, so that others will die. Or I guess the thing is, if they see it not as no longer a death sentence, then they're just living with this disease. And like a lot of the quotes that I read in that study were guys saying like that. Like one guy was in the military and he's like, yeah, I can't get paused now because I'll get kicked out of the military. But as soon as my service is done, I want to like be a, I want to have like the person that I'm submissive to, like in a, you know, a BDSM type relationship. Right. I want to be submissive to someone who will then charge me up. And then I carry that for the rest of my life. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I, I, even after seeing the documentary, I, I'm just left with like more questions, I guess. But 
I, but in a sense, also not really, because I assume that uh, people are more informed now and there's no form of this going on anymore. No, oh, no, it still is. Are you shitting me? Yeah. So uh, I found this Twitter account where this guy, his like Twitter name was like Bug Chaser or something, something. And it was all these like memes and things about wanting to get paused up and like pictures of him jumping his prep pills in the toilet, which if you're unfamiliar, prep is pre-exposure prophylactic and it's something that a person can take every day uh to make it so they're 99 percent less likely to catch hiv um and so right now like hiv transmission is low right because people who are on effective treatments they can actually have like a low to zero viral low uh, which is what magic johnson has when people say he beat aids yeah he still has HIV, but because he's on the right meds and they're working, his blood test shows no viral count. Um, and so he is not likely to pass it on to somebody because his viral level is undetectable. Right. Um, and so between, you know, effective HIV treatments and prep pills, really we can look at a world in which men can have unprotected sex and HIV will stop being transmitted. However, there are, um, what are they called? Givers? There are gift givers who will go off of their HIV meds to get their viral load to show high so that they can then infect someone. And so it'll be like a thing they plan with a bug chaser where it's like you, I want you to keep taking prep so you don't catch AIDS from anybody else. I'm going to go off my meds until my viral load is high. And then I want you to not take your prep so that I can have sex with you and you can catch it. And I will know that it's my strain of HIV that you have. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it it, it really is. I fell down this rabbit hole reading about it. And the one Twitter that I found where he was detailing all these things about it, because like, yeah, you have to almost be real intentional about it now. Like go off your HIV meds. I'll go off prep, whatever. Um, Additional measures that people people will take additional measures to increase the risk of becoming inve- infected. For example, some irritated their rectum with a rough toothbrush before Shh. intercourse to create abrasions. And there's actually like a bug chasing genre of porn where it will show like anal sex that's like super bloody to infer that there's damage in the rectum and that the HIV will be absorbed. Gotcha. It's a whole and there's like a like they'll like dirty talk and be like you want my paws come oh. and so that one twitter the guy had a friend die of aids and it made him rethink everything and he currently is negative and he went back on prep so he can stay negative and he said i still have a fetish about it like i still like the idea of a positive guy coming in my ass but i'm going to stay on prep because I don't want to actually catch HIV. I just like the role, the dangerous role playing of this scenario. Yeah. Um, which is just wild. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. So then there was, um, the one guy who he said he was more concerned with, uh, the lube that people brought. He He goes, goes, if someone pulls out the wet or Safeway brand, I'm out of there. 
Yeah, he goes, I'm less concerned about their, uh, what do they call it? Their zero levels or whatever, like, which is just like whether or not there's HIV in their blood. Right. <clears throat> he goes, I'm less concerned about that and more concerned about what lube they're using. And you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. So. Like, uh, if they have HIV, whatever. If they have cheap lube, goodbye. The Safeway brand. Yeah, he's no wet, no Safeway brand. Yeah. He's not having it with that. Um, which just, it's weird, man. It's weird. It almost like, I just don't like any of these like dark fetish genres. The same way that incest has become a thing in porn. Right. It's like this really dark taboo. I don't like any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, and so this is like a dark. because you hate your brother too. Well, my family's all fucking ugly. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I um, I guess I don't have any specific like fetishes. You know what I mean? To me, it's just whatever the mood is striking me. You know what I mean? As far as yeah, whatever. Uh, I, my fetish is attractive people. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. it. The beginning and end. But yeah, there's so much incest porn that it's like, and all the big names are doing it. So you're like torn. You're like, this is kind of freaky, but that girl's really hot. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's so much of it. It's so much of it. And the the little loophole is like, or that they tr they say it in every fucking video is. But you're my stepbrother. Yeah, they can't. There's, there are um, like guidelines. Because I remember we did a show when it was still me and Shu on this show. We did an episode about incest. And there are rules that they cannot be blood related in porn. You so can they, have that, I believe. I don't know. That's what it said. Because there's, I've seen twin sisters and stuff. Well, I don't know. Apparently there was a rule. But yeah, who's to say? I mean, legit. Twins. twins yeah yeah, yeah they, they exist um i don't like it yeah yeah um whatever it's uh <laughs> yeah it's dark it's a little bit but yeah not, it makes you wonder about what goes on behind the scenes right yeah yeah i don't know i mean this whole thing really upset me and was like just the darkness involved in it and like I try not to judge people, you know, um, like, and just, that's why I was like, it must be some sort of trauma response to this disease taking over your community. Yeah. A, a form of just like, fuck it. Yeah. Cause I guess I was living that in my own way with like drugs and stuff, you know? Cause I was just like, oh, don't do this. Uh, I'm going to, you know, and I didn't care what the Yeah, you didn't was. care if you, like, live or die. Yeah. That's but a weird... that's at least only myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the idea of, like, um, this one article I read, this guy went undercover on websites to pretend to be a negative man trying to get charged up. Mm -hmm. And he goes, thankfully, I did get a lot of responses that are like, no, this almost fucking killed me. I'm, I would never give this to anyone. Yeah. And he was like, it felt good to get those responses um, because, yeah, the idea of willingly passing on something that is negatively affecting your life. Because like they said, HIV now is manageable with drugs, but they cause other problems. They cause heart problems, liver problems, cancers. And could you imagine, yeah, having that now with COVID? Yeah. You'd be fucked. Well, um, yeah. And that, 
Yeah. So the idea of being like, oh, I have this horrible thing and I want to pass it. I want to pass it on. It almost feels like the sort of like cycle of abuse, like this bad thing happened to me and now I want to inflict it onto others. It right. doesn't seem much like giving a gift whatsoever. Um, so th- watching this, it also reminded me that we still need to watch Cruising with Al Pacino. It's one of his first movies. It's uh, 1980. He plays a, a detective that goes undercover in the underground S&M gay subculture of New York City to catch a serial killer who is preying on gay men. And yeah, it's a dark scene, uh, but he's in there. He's like doing inhalants on the dance floor so if you want to see al pacino play a gay man actually and he's played a gay man in dog day afternoon which is actually a good movie really good Mm -hmm. movie i love that movie um uh in that and um yeah cruising i remember having a laugh with i watched with uh darren jr Mm -hmm. and um but uh, yeah, we need to watch that. I was thinking about it last night, but this was so dark that I was like, eh, I'm yeah, good we... on the topic for at least a day. Uh, so we balanced it out and watched uh, Sydney Never Seen Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so and I enjoyed it. it there was we good. go. But um, uh, yeah, it wasn't a particularly good documentary. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I, I, I would because really? it was enlightening and then also really f- humorously produced. It felt like something I said when we were watching it, like I'd be f- that I'd be forced to watch in, in school. Yeah, yeah, it's like a low-budget instructional video. Um, but then, yeah, I learned about this, which was weird. And, like, it just keeps making me think of, like, yeah, because we're, you know, this coronavirus thing is happening right now. And there are you're supposed to stay home right so you don't infect people you don't spread it if you go out in public you're supposed to wear a mask because you can be infected and not know it and you don't want to spread the disease because uh masks actually work better at protecting other people from you from your infection than they do protecting you from other people so does that make sense like you wear a mask for other people yeah yeah i get that um and so it just makes me think of like yeah so there are people who are staying home they're only going out once a week to get groceries they're wearing masks they're doing everything right and then there's other people who are like having parties and like you know and and not wearing masks and whatever and they're like fuck it you know if i get sick it's like the flu it's not a big deal and like our hospitals are overwhelmed with sick people because the reality of this thing is really, really bad. Yeah. But there are people who are acting like it's no big deal. And those would be the people who are like the ambivalent, you know, like in this, it's just the people who are like, oh, I don't care if I spread it. Right. I don't care if I get it. Whatever. Like there's yeah, those people. It might not kill you, but it could definitely kill other people. other people. And you won't know how many people you just spread it to just yeah. by walking around being an idiot. Just being an idiot. And you don't even have to have sex. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I go, man, I wish when the only virus I was scared of was HIV and all I had to do to avoid it is just not have sex. Like, it was so much easier. Right. I'm so good at not having sex. Um, but, um, like... Tell me about it. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I had to, babe. Uh, but, yeah, this, I'm just like, yeah, I guess we don't... I don't know. It's weird. It's just a weird time well, to live so in. Well, so yesterday, if you'll remember, I think I told you the death toll was, like, 2500 yeah in the u.s yeah now it's uh right around 3200 yeah so that's just every day just creeping creeping um so yeah do stay home people it sucks i mean do you think 
You think we? Hang, yeah, we don't like each other. We that hate much. each other, and all we all we really want to do with our time is go to our separate gyms. And now we're just here at home. Right, <laughs> our separate gyms. Well, I work out at home, so it's not too much of a big deal for me. But yeah, you liked going to Pilates and. That's it. It's just every day, I like Pilates and Sprouts, and now it's just me and you. Just me and you, bird. And some sprouts occasionally. And some sprouts. Yeah. yeah. We we have not had to go to like a Walmart or a Costco or a Fry's or any of those places. We tried to go to Trader Joe's yesterday, but there was a line out the door. Yeah, because they're only letting 10 people in the store at a time. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I appreciate that. I would the feel measure. super rushed in there, wouldn't you? I mean... It's Trader Joe's. You don't, you don't need more it's than small. five yeah, minutes to that's shop true. there. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind, I guess, in the future if I need to go there. But really, I just wanted to go there for my peanut butter. And But Sprouts had a good peanut butter. Yeah, we got, so pe- we got peanut butter. We're good. We're fine. But I'm um, particular. Yeah. That's, that's really the ways that it's affected me is that I'm particular about certain things. And, it, it, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, single ply no yeah <laughs> yeah know, it's like it's just like stupid shit because we're, we're everybody is spoiled in some way yeah i mean i'm having a, an emotional meltdown um on a daily basis just because my work was so i've been working to get health insurance instituted at my work we did an episode about endometriosis mm-hmm. and i talked about how i can't get treatment um, I've been working to put together a group health insurance plan for my work that would have activated April 1st and it would have covered most of my surgery. Like it would have made the $40,000 procedure cost under $10,000 for me. Um, but now, I mean, I don't have a job. Um, I'm so. laid off and the boss is questioning if when we reopen after this many months of closure, if he can afford to institute an employee health plan, which I get, but, um, I went from being like, Oh, I'm probably going to get my surgery in like, by like June to being like, Mm, who knows, who knows. Um, and it's very, very discouraging because I mean, right now there, and no one's getting endometriosis surgery. The hospitals are reserving all resources for critical care patients. So like joint replacements, everything's been canceled. If it's not an emergency, you're not getting it. But, um, when things are up and running again, who knows when I'll be able to get insurance or get surgery. I don't know. I'm like, I should apply for jobs with benefits, um, but then no one's hiring because everyone's had to tighten their belt across the board because yeah. no one's making any money. So um, I don't know. It's a, we- it's a very complicated time um, to be chronically ill uh, and unemployed in America. So I uh, I am having a, a daily daily meltdown about that because I am so sick. You've been um, handling it pretty well. I try, I try, but it's it just fucking sucks. I'm in yeah. so much pain. I'm so sick. I like, I'm just like if I have to spend one more fucking day in bed, like I just yeah. There was the other day you were just in there all day. Yeah, like literally all day. Like lit- and it's yesterday I didn't do anything. Um, like it just sucks to be like oh i'm nauseous the room is spinning i have dry heaves i'm in so much pain and now i just all i can do is lay here i mean thankfully i'm not missing out on much because i can't leave the house but like you know i'd like to be doing things at home and (laughs) right working on my projects and whatever it just sucks um 
So fuck coronavirus. It's ruined my life even more than it was already ruined. But if you're going to be at home, try to enjoy it. We're we're going to do some puzzles. We're going to paint this fucking place. We're going <laughs> to we're going to take the puzzle game by storm, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so is that about it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. All right. Everyone have a happy hump day.